Welcome to LilyPod episode 70, The Dark Side of Agency. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome, LilyPod listeners, and today we are going to discuss agency, specifically the dark side of agency, and this is something that comes up a lot in mid-single circles and conversations between mid-singles in the church, uh, because we've discovered that agency, a gift that we value and treasure, also has a dark side. It has a, a difficult side. Uh, we come to understand in a very real way that notwithstanding temple covenants, promises made, professions of love, all of those things, that a partner has the opportunity to hurt us when we are really emotionally invested in a relationship as we really should be. And, uh, I think I liked to believe while I was married to my first wife that I always had it in my, within my own capacity to make the marriage work. That if I just did the things the way that, that I really needed to do them, I, that would be enough to keep it together. Unfortunately, if somebody chooses out, you can't fix that. Those were the words, actually, that someone, uh, a former mission companion, said to me. He had also been divorced, and he said, if she's checked out, you can't fix that uh, because it's her choice. She made the choice, and I can't reverse that choice no matter how persuasive I am or how, how uh, much I have to say on the subject. So, Kathy, is that similar to your experience? Yes, and I think sometimes we want to fight against other people's choices if they're not what we want them to choose. And it's a natural human tendency, but we also know that that's not honoring agency, and it certainly doesn't help us heal when someone's checked out or rejected us or left us, and or they've made such horrible choices we're in a really terrible situation and every choice we make is a bad one. Right. Um, so the choices of other people can really put us in a pickle. Right. I mean, if, if you chose, for example, to have multiple affairs, okay, bad choice. And I'm not, Kathy and I are here defending anyone's bad choices. Uh, we're not here saying that all choices are worthy or right. What we're saying is that we have to honor agency, even if we think the choices are morally wrong, stupid, ill-advised, whatever words you want to use, 
we still have to honor the other person's agency and that's going to trump everything else. Well, and when we don't honor that agency, we fight against what is. And when we do that, we suffer and we struggle. Right. We remain stuck. That includes staying in a marriage that is really not a marriage and even abusive, hoping the other person is going to change. We have three choices when we're faced with a problem in our marriage. Live with it and love it. Live with it and hate it. That's the worst. Or leave it. We don't have a a, a fourth choice to um, stay stay with it and change the other person. That's, That's not... Not on the list of alternatives. Although most, for most of us who've experienced that frustrating situation, that would be our choice if we could do it. Right. I mean, maybe not, but I think most of us would want that. And that's what I think is so really quite miraculous about the choice that was made in the, the pre-earth life about agency and, right. and why there was a war in heaven over it. Right. I mean, it's... It's, uh, I think, going back to this idea that of what we want to believe, if I'm, uh, now I, I can say this because I experienced this on the other side. If I'm married and I love my wife and I think, uh, and I see other people struggling in their marriages or, or getting divorced, it's tempting for me to judge that and say, oh, why can't those idiots figure out how to interact with each other more nicely or to try to pinpoint where I think they've blown it? Well, and it because, was easier for you to make those judgments when you were in your first marriage and you didn't know that dark side of divorce yet. Right. And what I'm what I'm getting at, I guess, is I think it gives us a certain feeling of safety to judge other people and say, well, I, I won't experience the painful thing that my friend is experiencing because I know something he doesn't. And I think it's, it's tempting for us to believe that the, the choice, that, that the opportunity to have a good marriage with someone is within our hands. And, and honestly, I've come to dislike over the years this idea that there's no such thing as a 50-50 marriage. It only works if both people are giving 100%. Well, it sounds good in theory. But the truth is nobody, no one person can have enough love for two. It doesn't work like that. A relationship involves agency. It involves choice. One person has to say to the other one, I love you. I want to be in a relationship with you. I want to marry you if that's where you're at. And the other person has to mirror that and say, yes, that's how I feel. And I want the same thing. Okay. Now, now there's a relationship. There's an agreement, but if somebody chooses out of that agreement, you don't have a relationship anymore. You know, I agree with your assessment as far as that choice is concerned. I was also just thinking about the irony that, you know, I I do think that doing a 50-50 situation, well, you give, you know, your portion, I give my portion, we make up a whole. I mean, I actually do think that 
we need to show up with more than that in mind, you know, just a quick pro quit. What is it called? Quid pro quo. Right. Right. Um, you know, more than that. I mean, cause relationships like that are transactional. That's not real love. Right. Um, so I think we do have to give our all to the relationship. And in that we risk, we risk the, the eight, Sorry, we risk our hearts to the agency of the other person in any kind of relationship, whether it be friendship or marriage. Um, marriage, of course, though, when you're living with someone is, is like Jeff said, the place where we can get the most injured, the most hurt, because that's where we're the most committed. And, and the most invested. And it almost, it does make a lot of people wonder, well, why do we even do this marriage thing if we can be so hurt? And I think it's because on the flip side of this flop of agency is that when someone really truly chooses you and loves you and gives you real love, there's nothing like it. There's nothing more beautiful. Right. And, and I mean, I think that illustrates, I mean, I understand what you're saying about bringing your all to the relationship. Um, but my all is still only 50% of the relationship. So if I'm bringing my all and you choose out, we don't have a relationship. Right. I think there's just and, an important what, like distinction to make between what we mean by 50-50 because I, that doesn't mean I just give half. It does. It means I give my all. And my but all I is can't. half of the relationship. Right. And the other half is the agency of the other person. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I want you guys to, to think about, about this in a very clear kind of framework that a relationship involves the choices of two people. And I, I believe Kathy's absolutely right. Choosing in means risking. It means you open your heart to the other person. When we talk about being vulnerable, that's a very, a very uh, popular word right now. And I, and I like, I like the word vulnerable too, uh, because I believe that's how we create connection. But what does vulnerable mean? You're vulnerable to being hurt. You're vulnerable to pain. You're vulnerable to being killed or whatever. There's all kinds of ways that we use the word, but being vulnerable is like, okay, if you're inside this fortification, you're less vulnerable. If you're out in the middle of the battlefield, you're more vulnerable. Well, and what this is saying is that you've got to open the doors of your heart and allow someone in and run the risk that that person is going to misuse that opportunity and hurt you. Yes. And, you know, it's not just in the decision to marry, but it's also in the day-to-day -day interactions within a marriage. Some marriages are more vulnerable than others. Right. And um, some people are more brave and willing to to risk than others. And you know, it just it it just dawns on me that it really takes a lot of courage. I mean, and I this has been said before, um, but I just but I think it's worth pondering that it takes courage to face that risk. And I think to minimize our risks, we have one of one or two choices. We can either just not risk. <laughs> Right. Or we can be wise about who we risk with. Right. You know, and that's why we wrote intentional courtship. That's why we try to live an intentional marriage. Because when we are purposefully 
going about deciding who is worth risking for. You know, we're information gathering on on dates. I mean, really, that's what dating is all about, is figuring out, is this person worth the risk? I don't think anybody can really get away from that. Um, in fact, you know, Jeff, you, you've come to the conclusion, you, we can't find love without some risk. Right. We can't even have love within our marriage without some risk. And, um, you know, we're always putting ourselves at the mercy of whoever we love. Right. Well, and I want to really reiterate the, this point that I made earlier, because I think, I, I think it's a really crucial piece of this picture that we're trying to paint. But I'm going to use a different example than marriage. Uh, unemployment or financial problems. Okay, I may want to believe that so-and-so got fired because he wasn't a good employee or so-and-so failed in business because she was operating on unwise principles and undercapitalized, whatever. I can come up with lots of reasons why somebody else failed and that you know, that is in an attempt to assure myself that I know the trick, I know the secret, so it's not going to happen to me. But guess what? It's happened to me. <laughs> and of course, I'm wiser because of various losses I've had through, through the years. But the point is, be really careful when you're looking at other people and saying, um, it can't happen to me because I'm not as stupid as them. Uh, what does that scripture say? He who thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Um, you know, kind of like Kathy said, stupid us in our book, in Intentional Courtship, because we used to look at other people that were married and having problems or getting divorced and think, yeah, we would have done it better. We, we know better than they did. And that's why we're not going to be hurt. Well, be careful about that because these do involve choices of other people, these problems. And sometimes through no fault of your own, you're going to be a victim of somebody else's agency. And that, uh, that bites, that's hard. Um, Kathy, what do you think someone should do who finds themselves in a situation where they're in a relationship, could be a dating relationship or it could be a marriage, but where their partner is not choosing them. I think it's one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do, but I think the most important thing would be to be really honest with yourself about what is happening and maybe do some information gathering. And if you find that your partner doesn't really want the marriage, but they're staying because of the kids or because of optics. And if you ultimately decide that that isn't what you want and you want something better, you know, then you have got, you have to make some hard choices. Right. I, I think also being prayerful because this is where it gets complicated is people can change. And sometimes people wait around for years for a person to change. God knows our hearts and our intentions and, I think he can help us know if, if change is in store or if there is never going to, if that change is never going to happen. And if, and he can release us from relationships that aren't good for us. If he, you know, if it's the right time, 
Right. Um, and sometimes, I mean, we've even had some discussions in our love and later years group about the timing of things that sometimes people were prompted to stay longer than they thought they should. And it ended up working out for their highest good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a, a really important point that you're making. And I, I think that when we, when we make choices about a relationship and somebody else makes a different choice, of course, we're going to, we're going to potentially be hurt by that. And, and, uh, but accepting reality as Kathy talked about can lessen that somewhat. And, you know, it doesn't mean we want you to sit there and blame your former spouse or your dating partner for all kinds of, of dysfunction and problems that doesn't really get you anywhere. But what it does mean is that you understand that this idea that, well, I could, I won't make the mistake that so-and-so made that caused the end of his marriage. Therefore I won't get divorced. That's really not true. I mean, <clears throat> sure. You may not make that mistake. Your spouse might, or you'll make all make other mistakes. Yeah. All different kinds of choices. And, you know, whenever we think we couldn't sin in a certain way, I think that we're not being cautious enough yeah. to protect our ourselves from that, that behavior. You know, and it's like, you know, the, the Titanic, it couldn't sink. Well, it did. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, we're just, we're human. And so we're tempted by all sorts of things that right. can be harmful to us and others. You know, I, <clears throat> I would like to maybe apply this, this theory of agency to, I mean, not theory, actually, I, I believe it's a universal law that we all, you know, that the world revolves around. Right. Um, I think it's one of the first principles of the gospel that I really understood at a pretty young age. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so definitely not a theory. But what I'm talking about is the subject of our podcast, this dark side of agency. I want to apply it to our marriage for a minute. Okay. So we know that at any time, one of us could make a really hurtful choice and then we'd be, you know, faced with hard decisions or one of us could even completely walk away. I mean, you could come home one day and all my stuff is gone and I'm somewhere else. I mean, that could happen. I don't expect that, but yes, that would, that would be really rough if that did happen. So to some degree, you know, I mean, that could create a lot of anxiety for us if we're always, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop, if we're always thinking, okay, well, what is this person going to do next? But, you know, we're consistently making better choices than that. And I think the longer that you're in a relationship, um, you know, but then you can have complacency and that can become a, its own problem. Right. Right. So I think we, we do need to always be diligent about our own behaviors and our own faith and our own, um, I guess, moral compass and, you know, how, what we choose around that. Um, but I do think there's some level of security that comes with time and trustworthy behaviors. Yeah. You know, Kathy, this reminds me of the interview we had with Dr. Greg Bear. And I will um, try to apply that 
we we talked to him about agency in that interview or what he calls in his book real love books the law of choice say he clarifies that they're the same thing and he also <laughs> says that this is the most important law or rule in the universe he he basically says that the most important thing period is honoring agency and and not trying to control another person. And, and that that's really what real love is all about as well. Right. And, and he's, he suggests that if I do control another person, if I manipulate them in some way or put the guilts on them or give pressure or make threats or, you know, any other numbers of ways of getting something I want, that what I'm really getting is imitation love. And it might be temporarily validating to, to get somebody to do what I want them to. But the truth is, um, even if they give me what I'm, what I want, I know deep down that it was my manipulation or force or whatever that induced them to do it. It wasn't freely given. And so it, I can't really feel loved if I'm operating in that space of not allowing the other person their agency and, you know, using force manipulation or whatever to, to get them to comply with what I want. Um, I think that's, that's an important, um, an important thing to understand and honestly that above anything else was the reason that I fought with the book Real Love uh, by Dr. Bear. The first time I read it I fought with it most of the way through because I'm thinking wait I don't have a right to expect anything of my wife. Uh, didn't she make covenants? Didn't she promise before God angels witnesses to love and cherish me all of her life and beyond, you know, am I just supposed to let her off? And Kathy, what's your answer to that? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not that easy. It's, not, it's definitely easier said than done, but ultimately, the pain you felt in the pit of your stomach for four or five years, day in, day out, came from fighting against that choice. Exactly. From because hating the agency that she practiced. Right. I, I, I was consumed with something I had absolutely no control over. And here's the thing. If you're consumed by by things you have no control over, how can that make you feel other than powerless? Yep. And I had that too. After my 14 year marriage ended and it's not what I wanted, or at least at the time, I really didn't think I wanted that. Uh, I, I want it now because now we're us and I wouldn't trade that for the world. But at the time, not without knowing my future or how to even function as a single mom, um, that was, that was rough. And I did not practice radical acceptance as our previous podcast, um, explored as much as I wish I would have, I mean, because right. accepting 
the agency of other people's choices, even when they're dark, even when they hurt us, is uh, a far more healing way to proceed in your life than to hate and despise what is. Well, because then you're making decisions about what to do based on what is, not based on what you hope might happen in, in the future. And one of the reasons that, one of the reasons why I think it, it is foolhardy to uh, think I'll stay in this relationship and grin and bear it because I think the other person will change, or I think I can somehow impact them to change. Well, for, for one thing, you're assuming that you have agency not only over yourself, but over another person. And secondly, you are betting your future on the choices of another person, which you have zero control over. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, something else that came to mind while we've been talking about this is the the fact that a good portion of our listeners might've made a really terrible mistake in the past and hurt a former partner and might even be tempted to think, Oh, I'm just that kind of person. You know, I'm the kind of person that would do that. Um, why, how do I know? Because I did, you know, I, I think that can be a dangerous thing to believe that our agency, you know, you know, in one situation, equals the character of our entire life or our whole being. Right. So I think it's important while accepting the agency of others that we not define ourselves by our own choices. Yes. I think in order to sort of illustrate the dark side of agency, I want to touch for a minute on the lighter side of it, the brighter side of it. And if Kathy um, comes to, you know, if if she leaves the house and then comes home at the end of the day, well, I know she wanted to be here with me and vice versa. Uh, I heard this example uh, incidentally from Terry Crews. Uh, who is a former professional football player and Hollywood movie star and has achieved a lot in his life. But he says, now, if if your partner leaves the house, then comes back later, you know she loves you. But if you're keeping her locked in the basement, you can't, you know, there's no love in that. You know, you, you, I mean, imagine somebody that's keeping their spouse locked in the basement and saying, oh, my spouse loves me. She's never leaving me. Look at this. Well, <laughs> she's never leaving you because she has no choice because you have removed her agency by locking her in the basement. So, I mean, I think about Elizabeth Smart that way sometimes, you know, this guy performs an illegal marriage and um, drags her around from place to place and you know, even rapes her on a daily basis. And, and he deludes himself into thinking she's his wife. Was she? 
No. And I'm not just talking about legalities. I'm saying she never chose him. She had no choice. She couldn't love him because she didn't have the choice in anything that happened to her. And that is one reason why, why we, that's again, the dark side of, of the agency of Brian David Mitchell, but the, the lighter side is Kathy chose me. We got married. I chose her as well. And we're still here today. Neither of us has to be. Neither of us has to stay together with the other one. We are together because we love each other and we choose each other. And we can really feel that choice, that love through that choice, because we know the other person is freely choosing in. Um, if we try to manipulate other people <clears throat> to exercise their agency in a different way, if we are literally or figuratively locking someone in the basement and taking away their agency, well, there is no choice then, is there? Well, and that's why it is so beautiful when it does work, when love yeah. is is being chosen by both people. It's it's kind of a miracle in, in a lot of ways because it's two people using their law of choice, their universal agency that we all love and cherish and um, I think hopefully most of us understand why it's important. Yeah. And, uh, and we're choosing in and then we feel that real love. And, um, you know, just because we might gain some security by consistently good, honest, trustworthy choices, you know, if we've ever made less than honorable choices in the past, we have this, uh, this, sense of duty and not just duty, but like we know how important it is to maintain trust when it, cause it's so precious and it can be damaged so easily. And we don't ever want to experience that loss again, if we've lost it before. Absolutely true, Kathy. You know, Kathy, this reminds me of the story of Alma in in the eighth chapter of Alma in the Book of Mormon, where he goes to the city of Ammonihah. I've shared this story on this podcast before, but he goes there preaching and he's been asked by the Lord to do this. And they rejected him. And they were, you know, pretty, pretty mean to him. I mean, they spit on him. They did all kinds of nasty things to him. And the the chapter talks about how Alma was leaving the city and it said he was weighed down with sorrow and grief. And he was, you know, there's a lot of very um, heavy adjectives in all of that. But he's, he's weighed down with sorrow because of the wickedness of the people in Ammonihah. And that's what he's thinking about. And then an angel comes to him and says, Blessed art thou, Alma, wherefore lift up thy head. And think about that. I mean, I've often heard Tony Robbins talk about how if your shoulders are slumped and you're looking forward, you know, you're looking down at the ground, you feel weak. But if you, if you lift up your head, square your shoulders, you feel strong. 
it, it, you feel that little bit of extra power. Well, the angel tells Alma to lift up his head, but he says, lift up thy head and rejoice. Why? For thou hast been faithful. He tells Alma he has been faithful. So he did what he was asked to do uh, in going to the people of Ammonihah. He was faithful. And he said, rejoice in what you did. You can't, basically, you can't change what, how the people received you. That's not your business. Uh, you could only make the, offer them your message. And the fact that they chose to reject you isn't a reason for you to be sorrowful and, and sad. And so I just want to add, uh, you know, toward the end of this episode that, look, I want you to lift up your head. If someone else has made choices that were hurtful, if someone rejected you, if they spit on you, whatever, you know, if they were really mean to you uh, and, and made choices that you don't think were wise or that you don't think were kind, well, lift up your head if you've been faithful. If, if you feel like you got things to repent of, then do that and then lift up your head and and rejoice or because you've repented. Lift up your head through that process of repentance. Right. Allowing light back into your life and letting go of that darkness. Right. And focus on the things that you have control over. Uh, in other words, don't be trying to manage somebody else's mind. Don't be trying to tell them what they ought to choose uh, if they're not inclined to choose what you're offering. And I know that that's hard sometimes. It's hard to think, well, I'm alone because someone wouldn't choose me or I'm alone because someone chose out. I think it can be but, even harder, though, to ignore reality or fight against it. Absolutely. And just like the angel said to Alma, focus on what you have control over, your own faithfulness, your own uh, person that you are bringing to a relationship. And don't focus so much on the choices of other people that you have no control over. And the really good news of the gospel is that no matter what anyone else chooses in this life that might hurt us, even maybe our own choices that hurt us and others, we have a Savior who atoned for all of that, not only so we can repent, but also so we can heal. Absolutely. And all we have to do is be humble enough to accept that gift into our lives. Right. And that is an active agency on the bright side of this subject. That's right. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to the dark side of agency and that, and we hope that it's given you some food for thought and also brightened your day. Um, because we are, um, you know, when we do these podcasts, we're trying to focus on the truth and wisdom and knowledge that we've gained through hard experiences as we understand it. And remember, any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. 
To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.